All discussion during the Invest Wisely program is intended for informational and educational purposes. It is not an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. We do not offer tax, accounting, or legal advice. Consult your tax or legal advisor before making any decision that could affect your tax or legal situation. All investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. You should carefully consider investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of any investment before investing. Diversification and asset allocation do not guarantee a profit or guarantee against loss. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC. And welcome once again to Invest Wisely. Our expert is Walt Sukira of the AKW Group here in Akron and in Washington, Pennsylvania. Wealth Advisor, Senior Vice President there. They're affiliated with the Robert W. Baird Company. For the next half hour, we're going to talk about how the AKW Group invests their clients' money in individually owned stock portfolios and about the stock market in general. Well, Walt, we had a week last night that uh, started kind of rough, ended a little better than we had hoped, but uh, it seems like investors seem to be very, very uh, interested in, in kind of rushing to the security of the bond market all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, Bob, we saw the um, a very volatile week, uh, trading week overall in the stock markets last week, and um, that volatility doesn't really surprise us. I mean, I think we're going to have a very volatile year, and, uh, you know, we have to be prepared for that. And, you know, we kind of got spoiled last year um, after you know, the big drop-off in March. We saw the markets just kind of march back up and pretty much a straight line, and, and that's not really what stocks do. You know, they, they have ups and downs, and sometimes those ups and downs are very, very violent, and I, I think we're going to see more and more of that this year as, uh, you know, the market interprets all the data. Uh, so last week we saw the Dow Jones Industrial Average actually advance. Uh, that index went up 563 points for the week. It was up 1.8%, and year-to-date the Dow Jones is now up 2.9%. Uh, the S&P also had an advance, so that S&P 500 index went up 30 points, about 0.8%. And for the year, stands at 2.3%, an advance at 2.3%. Uh, the NASDAQ composite had an off week. Uh, so again, was off 2.1%, uh, 272 points for the week. And year-to-date, a little bit above the, the flat mark. We're at 0.2% as far as returns there. And then, you know, an extremely volatile week for the small and mid-cap stocks, which, again, is something we expect. Those, those stocks will be more volatile by nature. Um, off 8.8% for the week, uh, down. And, um, yeah, I'm sorry, off 0.4% uh, for the week, uh, $8. And, again, 11% year-to-date on the advance uh, with that uh, Russell 2000 index. So, uh, you know, the volatility is here. I think it's it's here to stay. And, you know, we have to uh, be prepared for it. Now, this interest in bonds all of a sudden, the Federal Reserve is assuring us there'll be no rate hikes on their end, but uh, investors seem still to be interested in the bond market, and that's that's uh, making bond rates go up a bit. Now, what is all this about? What does this mean for the market? Yeah, so, so the bond market, Bob, really has spoken, and, and of course, the markets lead the Fed. You know, everybody thinks the Fed leads the bond market, but you know, the Fed sets policy, and <laughs> they've been very proactive, as we said. Um, 
you know, they were a huge uh, savior of, of the economic system last year, uh, providing a lot of monetary stimulus and, you know, creating a really positive environment. Uh, they've been very, very proactive and, very, and they've been communicating very well um, that they expect rates to continue to stay low. Their, their policy decisions will keep rates low and, you know, they want to provide as much stimulus for the economy to recover. Um, they know that the recovery, there'll be, you know, fits and starts to that. I mean, I think there's a lot of positive news, as we talked about, built into the recovery scenario. You know, we've been living in that scenario for about 10 months, Bob. You know, I mean, we started talking about recovery in 2020, and, you know, here we are in 2021, but we've been living here for a while as far as expectations. So I think what happened is, you know, as, as the Fed continues to signal you know, the fact that everything's going to be okay, they're going to, you know, hold the rates low, um, they're going to be more accepting of inflation. Uh, the bond market really doesn't like that, and the bond market is starting to fight back a little bit and say, you know, we think the Fed's going to have to do something. And I, I think that's why we see the yield curve pushing up uh, on the longer end, uh, is those fears that the Fed will have to reach into the toolbox and, and maybe start to raise rates and uh, so there's a little bit of a disconnect between the story the Fed is, is uh, telling us and what the bond market is believing, and that's created a lot of volatility to the market. As we said, that you know when rates start to go back up, that affects the valuations of risk assets. It affects the valuations of stocks. So uh, as, as interest rates push up, especially on that long end, we're going to see a lot more volatility in the in the stock market. Now, are investors concerned about uh, the market coming down, and are they always always investing now in bonds because of the safety factor? Well, I think there's a you know there's a real desire for people to have safety. You know, people want safety and they want higher rates with the safety. The problem is you can't get it. You know, so uh, sure, you know, I would love to have. You know, I remember back in the in the nineties, well, really nineties, late eighties. You know, we had. Treasuries at nine and a half percent. I mean, ten percent. I mean, if you could get a ten percent treasury with no risk and you know to get that kind of return, that's wonderful. But it doesn't exist. It hasn't existed for a long time. Rates are really low. Um, you have to take risk even on the fixed income side to to get rates of you know that people want off their money. And therefore, a lot of people have moved to the risk assets. A lot of people have moved to stocks, uh, dividend-paying stocks, you know, increased their appetite for risk because they want returns on their money. You know, nobody likes to have money sitting around where they're not earning anything on it. So I, I think that's the, that's the challenge, you know. And, and we even, like we said, last week we even heard, you know, Warren Buffett at, at 90, you know, pretty much telling people, like, the bond market doesn't look good. You know, he, he's signaling out he thinks the bond market is a terrible place to be. Fixed income isn't a place to look for returns going forward. So uh, that's the reality of the world we live in. And But the volatility of rates will impact those risk assets. So that's the challenge, you know, as people look for alternative ways to invest. Um, a lot of those people that have moved to risk assets really aren't risk investors. And therefore, you know, when you get a little bit of volatility, they start to panic and get scared and fearful because they, they don't want to see their principal fluctuate. So uh, and that's the reality of investing in stocks. You know, your, your principal will fluctuate. Um, if you're a long-term investor, you, you'll probably still end up in a pretty good position over a long period of time. But, you know, people start to, you know, think shorter term and, and it gets very difficult at times. Now, the stimulus bill uh, passed uh, the Senate uh, over the weekend. What uh, impact will that have on the market now? Well, it, it has a big impact, Bob. I mean, you know, what we see is another, again, $1.9 trillion, you know, coming into the market. 
uh, when we think about that into the economy, when we think about that, I mean, that's a pretty significant number. I mean, if you go back to the last relief bill that was passed uh, near the end of the year, uh, you know, we saw $160 billion in stimulus checks uh, that hit the, you know, bank accounts of consumers in the first two weeks of January. And then we saw, you know, the uh, income levels, the spending levels, the savings levels, you know, really skyrocket in January. Um, so this package will put another $400 billion of checks uh, in, into people's bank accounts. And uh, that'll increase spending, and it'll increase the, the propensity of people to be out there um, as this economy continues to open back up. So, and on the heels of that, you know, Congress is talking about some additional spending. Um, you know, there's another thought out there of a a bill that will uh, look for infrastructure and the climate change. Uh, you know, push, pushing those initiatives, which will be even more spending uh, by the government. So, uh, you know, a lot lot going on in Washington these days, and. Again, that's another thing the bond market's keeping its eyes on. Now, the other in the economy, the other good piece of good news was employment uh, uh, was higher than expected. New jobs were added more than expected last week. So the consumers seem to have a, have some money, and they have, of course, the power to use it. The stimulus checks will give them more money to do that. But some research came out that said there are still many concerns as the pandemic hopefully begins to wind down that people are uneasy with things like travel. Yeah, Bob, we still see that. You know, behaviors, like, you know, behavior, I, I remember from my psychology classes and sociology classes that, you know, once people do something for 30 days, it starts to become a little bit of behavior. Uh, we have people that are pretty set into, you know, slowing down and, and not traveling and not doing as much. And, you know, there is this big belief that the economy will open up back up and there's a big pent-up demand. But, uh, there was a <coughs> research report that came out last week, a survey that said, you know, there's a lot of people that are still, you know, very hesitant about travel at this point. They were uh, doing a survey looking at the upcoming spring break holiday to see if, you know, how many people will be traveling. Those numbers are still significantly down from, from past numbers. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if people go back to old behaviors and, and start getting out there and living again, or if it's going to take a little bit longer than what we thought as, as uh, you know, people get uh, vaccinated out there. Of course, we've seen the progress now in vaccinations, and uh, the COVID numbers seem to be flattening out. And how is the investment community looking at that? In a, in a very positive way, Bob. You know, we see a lot of really strong numbers uh, with the, uh, you know, the vaccinations. And again, we're moving towards more immu immunity, you know, people out there with antibodies. Uh, the, the big news last week was Johnson & Johnson. The government kind of brokered a deal between Johnson & Johnson and Merck, uh, another large pharmaceutical company to help produce the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. So, Again, the more vaccines that we can produce, the more that we can get out, the more that we can administer, the more people that have antibodies, all very positive uh, as these numbers continue to show that they're going down. So, uh, you know, the hope is uh, by, you know, end of summer, fall, that, you know, we have a, a really good situation as far as COVID-19. And, you know, maybe that's a little bit in the rearview mirror at that point. Well, Sakara is our expert, the managing partner of the AKW Group here in Akron and in Pennsylvania. We're talking about investing in the market, and we're talking about what's going on in the stock world. And if you have any questions about that, give Walter a call now at 330-673-1234. That's out of Akron and on WNR.com, toll free, 800 669 Well, let's take a moment now and talk about the, the sectors in this uh, 2021 market. What sectors seem to be doing well right now? 
Yeah, well, there's been a little bit of a rotation. Um, you know, last year was all about technology. Um, this year, the technology sectors have, have struggled a little bit, and again, with good reason. You know, with the kind of growth we saw last year, it's only reasonable that, you know, the year after there might be a little bit of, you know, slowdown in, in a sector that was so hot in, in 2020. You know, but we see, you know, renewed focus on industrials, uh, financials, uh, energy stock, material stocks. You know, those are really where... Uh, I think the big institutional investors are spending a lot of time. Uh, we see a kind of more of a neutral position uh, with technology, communications, healthcare, and consumer discretionary. And then there's still just a lot of speculation and, and worry about you know the industries like utilities, uh, real estate, and consumer staples. I, I think those are areas that you know there there was uh, some stability through a pandemic, but uh, you know still industries that struggle and are under a lot of government regulations and not as fast growth rate. So. I think long term, you, you got to balance that shorter term viewpoint with the longer term viewpoint. And you know, remember, as investors, are you investing for the next couple months? Or are you investing for the next few years? And again, we continue to, uh, even though you know the investment community has turned a little sour on technology and healthcare, we continue to like those sectors longer term. So it's a, it's a good thing to take a look at, Bob, and, and just you know think about sectors in, in your general investment philosophy. Once again, we're talking to Walt Secura on WNIR's Invest Wisely program. If you'd like to uh, talk about specific stocks, we can do that now in Stock Talk. If you have a stock that you're interested in or that you own, that you think of selling, why don't you give Walt a call right now and ask him about what that advice might be with that stock. He has more than 30 years of trading stock, and he's uh, currently, of course, working with all his investors there in individually owned stock market portfolios. If you have any questions about particular stocks in the stock market, call us now and talk to Walt Secura. 330-673-1234. And outside of Akron Toll Free, it's 800-669-4100. Almost every show, we end up talking at some point about electric vehicles. And, uh, you know, of course, how Tesla has had an extraordinary run. Uh, stock price has gone way, way up. And now other electric vehicle companies are coming on the scene. And they seem to be doing well, along with the uh, companies that provide uh, the material for these EVs. Now, last week with the pullback in these tech stocks, do you think it's time for investors to consider EV stocks? Yeah, Bob, it's, it's always time to consider, um, you know, and we're doing that as well. Uh, you know, we saw Tesla go on that incredible run. I mean, it hit near a $900 high uh, last week. You know, at the end of the week, we got below $600, so, you know, a significant sell-off. Um, NEO, uh, a stock that we had talked about, you know, as well on the show, uh, you know, had an incredible run of again. That's the Chinese EV car uh, manufacturer that uh, you know was up at sixty-seven dollars a share, and now it's trading at thirty-eight. So yeah, when these stocks pull back, um, it's always a good time to reevaluate and and think about how they fit into a portfolio. Uh, it is definitely an area that has garnered a lot of excitement, and I, and I think you know there's a lot of development going on there. Uh, the shift that we see from other major auto companies towards you know EV and um, so again, it's it's an it's an industry you can't not look at. Um, it's it's a big part, you know, when you think of consumer spending, uh, other than buying homes or you know vacation homes or condos or you know our, our living expense. I mean, vehicles are a big part of our expenditures, um, you know, here especially in the United States. So uh, other developing parts of the world, that's a big part of you know their consumer uh, discretionary spending as well. So. It's an area that definitely is worth paying attention to, and we're, we've done a lot of homework this year, and 
you know, people have asked a lot of questions on this show. A lot of our investors that we work for have asked a lot of questions, and we've asked a lot of questions of ourselves. So we continue to look for ways to participate and, and invest in this exciting new area. But right now, you don't own any of these electric vehicle stocks directly, do you? I, we don't. No, Bob, um, we don't. We've, we've moved away from the holdings we've had, and, and we've, like you said, we've never really got into Tesla. But, uh, you know, we're taking a look, at, a hard look here with the pullback uh, that we saw last week, and we'll see what happens this week with the market. Two of the big retailers reported their uh, earnings last week, Costco, which is one of your core equity portfolio holdings, and Target, which is in your Empowering Women portfolio. What kind of reports did we see from these, uh, these two giants? Yeah, we saw some good numbers, Bob. Um, you know, Costco uh, up 15% in revenue. They did, uh, you know, $44 billion over $3.9 or $39 billion, a 15% increase. Earnings were up 21%. Um, you know, Costco obviously with 795 stores out there worldwide, um, uh, really relying heavily on that uh, membership uh, type of uh, program that they've had. Uh, again, has benefited uh, very strongly from the pandemic, has done a really good job. Um, and again, the numbers show that. So uh, valuation is definitely high here. The stock, you know, moved to you know some pretty high values at the end of the year. It's traded off a little bit from there, but I don't think you can ignore Costco's success. And as a long-term holding, you know, still something we hold in that core equity portfolio. Now, do you think? Uh, that, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Do you think their success uh, it bodes well for the other retailers out there? Um, I, I think it's going to be a very challenging retail environment, Bob. I mean, again, I think you have to be selective. Um, you know, I think it's uh, these these companies that have differentiation. Again, Costco, because of their warehousing, uh, the square footage, the deals that they offer, uh, they're still garnering a lot of traffic, you know, foot traffic and people coming to the stores. But as we said, a lot of the retailers that we see have moved towards that e-commerce type of channel and the delivery type of channel, and I think a lot of consumers have adopted that. Um, you know, I was talking to some of our clients. I mean, we have an older client base here, Bob, and I mean, I'm amazed at how many of our our clients have moved to, you know, having things delivered through Amazon and Walmart and, you know, some of the retailers that provide that uh, e-commerce uh, type of delivery. So it's going to be a really, really challenging retail environment, and I think you have to be extremely selective with the ones that you continue to hold as investments. Another core equity stock last week that reported was Brown Foreman. Now, we have not talked about this stock much. Tell us about Brown Foreman and how they did in their latest report. Well, you know, Bob, Brown Foreman is uh, the largest uh, U.S. domicile producer of distilled spirits. Um, 75% of their revenue comes from a brand that we probably all heard of, uh, the Jack Daniels brand. Uh, they also own bourbons, uh, the Woodford Reserve and Old Forester names, and uh, they have some vodkas and tequilas that they, they market as well. They operate through 170 countries uh, throughout the world, and, you know, really uh, has been a, a very... Uh, a leader, you know, in that space. Um, just some interesting facts for the listeners out there, a couple things I didn't know about Jack Daniels. Um, number one, you know, it's not a bourbon. It's actually a Tennessee whiskey. I think there's a differentiation there um, because of the process that they use, um, the distilling process. Uh, and, and, again, it, it has to be sold under the Tennessee uh, whiskey type of, of uh, label. Mm. 
Um, also, I thought it was pretty interesting. There's only been seven master distillers that Jack Daniels in the history of the distillery. So going back 150 years, only seven seven individuals that have overseen that distillering process. The current one is Jeff Arnett. Uh, he's been in place since 2008. So again, a, a very strong uh, company with a lot of history, um, a very trusted brand. You know, people like Frank Sinatra, who are was buried with a bottle of Jack Daniels. He mm-hmm. took it to his grave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, was a very uh, a big lover of Jack Daniels, and I think that's the key to a brand like that, Bob. Is that you know when people adopt it, they they love it for life, and it's something that has a lot of repeat purchases and lifetime customers. And uh, you know, a, a, a stock that we've done very well with, and a stock that we continue to like in that core equity portfolio. Now, another stock that reported last week was Zoom Video. These are the people that have those uh, video conferences that have become, in many cases, vital to do business now in the area of the pandemic. Now, you don't own that stock, but uh, it did report last week. Uh, what did it say? Phenomenal. I mean, unbelievable numbers. You know, uh, revenues were up 369%. Uh, they did $882 uh, billion over uh, 188 um, you know, incredible growth there. Dollar uh, twenty-two over fifteen cents as far as earnings, seven hundred and thirteen percent earnings rise. So again, a company that's sitting on all cylinders. Um, you know, when you think of the importance of communication in business, Bob, and you know, people still like to you know try to get some kind of face-to-face communication through the pandemic. It's had incredible growth, and as we talked about, you know, a lot of people are probably evaluating um, their travel arrangements and you know, what their business will look like coming out of the pandemic. I mean, honestly, it's a lot easier, you know, not to be on the road all the time and out, uh, you know, on traveling, seeing people. And if you can do it by Zoom, I mean, there is some efficiencies to that and some cost savings. So uh, we'll see. I mean, Zoom believes that, you know, they're going to hold on to a lot of the business coming out of the pandemic. And it was kind of just a a big accelerator for that company, you know, as as they, uh, you know, went in and and coming out of this, uh, this time. Once again, Walt Secure is our expert from the AKW Group here in Akron, 330-673-1234. is the number to call to talk to Walt on this Sunday morning. You're on the air. Go ahead. Morning, Walt. And, uh, Morning, Bob. Morning. Uh, I like that subject matter. You got. You, I, I put that Jack Daniels on my French toast with, uh, with uh, maple syrup. It's delicious. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's a way to start the day. I like that. But on the side note here, I've been doing some research, uh, hands-on, and you brought, since you brought that up, I was going to tell you next week, but I have a farm with a mile of frontage, and uh, every uh, spring I have to pick up all the trash along the road. So I've got two giant garbage uh, cans full of trash, and I've, I'm doing a study here. And the clear leader so far uh, would be uh, Coca-Cola with sports drinks. And then there's uh, Jack Daniels and Southern Comfort little mini bottles that uh, I got 40 of them. Uh, the other leader, the, the fast food leader would be uh, uh, Young Brand, no, wait a minute, KFC and Taco Bell, which is Young Brand. And uh, so I'm still compiling my results here, but I wanted to report into you. I'm out here today finishing up, but three times a year I have to, I go down a mile, I cross the street, and I go up the other side, that's two miles. And uh, I'm getting quite a collection here. (laughs) That's what we call grassroots research there, right? Literally. (laughs) That's what you said about about, uh, Starbucks. But anyway, uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting. You might get a kick out of it since uh, Jack Daniels. (laughs) 
you brought up that, and I, I'm re- I'm doing research for later on. You mentioned Bumble and uh, these dating services. I'm gonna have one for you for. Uh, uh, there's match game and there's all kinds of things, but for guys in their 80s like me, there's one now. Called, it's not called Sugar Daddies, but there's a website for uh, young girls looking for uh, rich guys. And, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, a, it's something like arrangements. Uh, arrangements considered, and it's, uh, I think it's a stock, but I, I haven't quite. But after my research this weekend, I'm uh, I'm looking at waste management and Republic. There you go. <laughs> yeah. well, okay, hey, thanks, Walt. Keep up the hey, good work. I enjoy it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, bye-bye. There's well, a lot to be said about that. that. That might be the most interesting call we ever got, Bob. But there's a lot to be said about that kind of yeah. grassroots uh, research. I mean, that's what that's, people are, hey, you know. you got to do it. You know, you get out there and you, you, you look and you open your eyes, and sometimes uh, what you see is, you know, it's worth believing, uh, you know. <laughs> Of course, Walt Secure and his uh, firm are affiliated with the Robert W. Baird Company nationwide. They provide all kinds of help and uh, advice with wealth management, asset management, uh, RMD, IRA illustrations, Roth conversions, uh, Social Security, transaction tax analyses. All this uh, working with his team, both in Akron and in Washington, Pennsylvania. But this week, when the stock market started to stumble again, how did your clients react to the volatility? Did they call up? Are they concerned? Or what was their reaction if you had any as the market moves downward. You know, Bob, we're, we're spoiled here. You know, our clients have, uh, most of them have been through some market cycles and they don't panic. Um, you know, we, we, we always try to pick the phone up and, you know, make the proactive calls. The, the people I worry the most about are the people that just got started. You know, we have uh, new relationships that we brought on in the past few months. And, you know, when you put money in and, and then you get a little bit of volatility on the front end of somebody investing, I mean, those are the people I worry about. But, you know, most of our clients have been here for a long time. They've seen the ups and the downs. They they know what our thinking is. And, uh, again, I think that's the key. If, if you have good communication and people understand, um, it, you, know, you know, what the proper response to be, it should be and you set the right expectations, I think you, you do away with a lot of those fears and concerns that, uh, you know, that people sometimes have. And, of course, it is uh, income tax time. It started. Now, while you're not accountants there, you know people who are. And uh, the new tax rules that came into effect a couple of years ago are really starting to settle in at this point. So have you noticed anything particular when people are talking about how the taxes are being done, what is uh, significant this year, or what they're worried about this year when their tax returns? Yeah, a lot of people, you know, took advantage of the SECURE Act last year, Bob, and, and you know, for a lot of, again, our clients, they, they did not take distributions from their IRAs, and they were able to, you know, to, to not do that. And some of our clients even rolled back money that they took at the early part of the year, and you know, they might have took distributions in January and February and rolled that back because you had that opportunity up till about the mid part of the year to put that money back and avoid uh, the taxation on that money for, for 2020. Um, it's important that that you know you remind your accountants of that or your CPAs. I mean, most of them have good notes and they remember those things. But uh, you know, we're just making sure we're communicating and uh, coordinating with the tax advisors so they understand what the clients did and, and you know that that no mistakes are made on those returns. Uh, you know, as you said, we're not uh, tax preparers here, but we understand and. 
you know, we try to help our clients communicate effectively to their, their uh, tax advisors and get the forms that they need and just make the process a little bit easier. I think that's what uh, a good investment professional should do if they're, you know, coordinated through the system the way they should be. Now, you've already got out all your all your tax-required reports for this year. Are they, are they uh, already out there in the hands of the uh, investors? I'd say the majority of them, Bob. There's a couple, uh, you know, anybody that owned anything that, that generates a K-1, uh, you have to have master limited partnership or something of that nature. You have to wait till March for some of those. Those should be going out soon. Uh, and there's also some 1099s with some interesting assets that might produce a little bit later. But I'd say 95% of our clients uh, have the forms that they need or available to them, and they can move forward on their taxes. So what about next week? As we had an unusual week last week, what's in the uh, store for the next uh, five, five days? Well, Bob, we got some economic data. We also see Walt Disney has their annual, annual shareholder meeting, as well as like Verizon, T-Mobile, and AT&T, and DocuSign reports this week. So uh, we'll keep an eye on all the data and keep doing the work. Once again, Walt Secure and his group at the AKW Group are available in, in Fairlawn, 3560 West Market Street. The phone number is 234-466-7476. It's a local number, 234-466-7476. For those listening in Pennsylvania, their office now in the Pittsburgh area in Washington, Pennsylvania, is at 412-480-5090. Tell me you're on WNIR Kent Akron. See you next week, folks. During today's broadcast, the following individual stocks were mentioned and discussed. AT&T Inc., symbol T. Brown Foreman Corporation, symbol BFB. Bumble Inc., symbol BMBL. Costco Wholesale Corporation, symbol COST. The Walt Disney Company, symbol DIS. DocuSign Inc., symbol DOCU. Coca-Cola Company, symbol KO. Johnson & Johnson, symbol JNJ. Merck, symbol MRK. Match Group, symbol MTCH. NEO, Inc., symbol NIO. Republic Services, Inc., symbol RSG. Starbucks Corporation, symbol SBUX. Tesla, Inc., symbol TSLA. Target Corporation, symbol TGT. T-Mobile, symbol TMUS. Yum Brands, Inc., symbol YUM. Verizon, symbol VZ, Waste Management, Inc., symbol WM, and Zoom Video Communications, Inc., symbol ZM. Please note that Robert W. Baird and Company, Incorporated makes a market in all of the securities of these companies discussed during today's broadcast.